It's like so yeah, it's like that. Got a beard in it's looking something fierce, having beers with one beers and talking rap careers, reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas, I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling after shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. Don't talk it's off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks. One, two. One, two of my checks don't bounce Royal Ruckus on the scene just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two of my checks don't bounce Royal Ruckus on the scene just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks It's a really great summer evening We are so happy to be here uh, we're really excited about our show tonight. Uh, this is Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. My mom named me Jamie, Jamie Bennett. Uh, I'm here with my great co-host. What's up, man? What's going on? Who are you? Nomadic Vagabond. <laughs> Sorry, man, that the heat's getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so you, you've been having like a heat wave or something out there, I guess. Yeah, past couple of days it's been... Um... Like today, it's 109. Tomorrow's supposed to be up to 115. Holy smokes. Um, so I did try to fry an egg on the, <laughs> and it wasn't the cement because it's what I wanted to do. I was like, well, if it worked, I wanted to be able to eat it. You wanted to eat it. And I got gotcha. you. And if it didn't work, it was just a big gooey mess and I wasted an egg. So I'm like, yeah, I put my cast iron skillet out like on the cement before I went to church, came back. And I was like, all right, you know, it seems about a good time. So I cracked an egg. <laughs> Nothing. My wife was sitting out there all waiting, you know, snacks and everything waiting. There was maybe a little wow. bit of white. So I took another one and tried it and nothing. So I just brought them inside and cooked them and ate them. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty anticlimactic. <laughs> Is this the first time you've ever done that? First time, yeah. See, I never even thought to do that. I mean, I've always heard of people doing it. But, um, you know, I grew up in Bakersfield, California. Yeah. And Bakersfield is just hot. And it definitely gets triple digits in the in the summer. And uh, I bet you could do it in Bakersfield. Yeah. Well, I, I guess my cousin did it. And so my mom showed me a picture. I'm like, well, was this a slow cook egg or what? <laughs> I, like, I need the secrets. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, so our, our listeners can't tell because uh, the those listening in on podcast platforms aren't aren't looking at our beautiful bearded faces. Um, but behind you is a different scene than usual. You know, usually you are surrounded by records mm -hmm. and um, you've usually actually brought special records, depending on our guests, mm -hmm. uh, CDs and that kind of stuff. And it looks cool. It looks it looks like a like a man cave or something or a, a hip hop zone or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> like that hip hop zone. It's the, it's the, it's the, Shout out. It's the cellar, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but now behind you, I'm seeing a bunch of icons, and it, you you look like you're in a civilized environment. Well, you know, this is uh, this is my bedroom. Okay. <laughs> um, I was almost gonna try to like record just like right in front of like my bookshelf, or try to bring a yeah. bunch of books in, but um, I didn't have time to do that, or didn't make time to do that. I guess so. Sure. Um, but yeah, we're sitting in here just because it's so hot out there. I would probably end up melting or just passing out. I might fall no. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, see, I, I always assumed that space was air conditioned because you have records out there. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's insulated. I've insulated okay. everything. So it, and because I've got like my wine cellar and beer cellar out there, like I don't want to cook stuff. And I mean, right. I've, before I actually insulated, I went out there and I didn't have a problem in the summer, but in the winter with all the, uh, the condensation and like the moisture, like my record yeah. sleeves were starting to kind of get all warpy. So like I threw them back in boxes, like wrapped all the boxes up with blankets and stuff. I knew my records would be fine, but I knew like the paper and stuff I was going to suffer. So I was sure. kind, of, kind of scary. <laughs> Man. Yeah. You, you get nervous with that stuff, but it's, it's pretty in your area though. It's pretty moderate year round, isn't it? Yeah. It's usually pretty much. I mean, we actually had a super moderate um, winter this year. I mean, okay. I, I think I wore my peacoat twice. Yeah. You know, um, so this is, yeah, this is pretty, you know, these are unprecedented times. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's up there, man. I guess so. Now, now I've got one more question about this though, because you mentioned something that I don't know that I've ever heard you mention before. And it's completely relevant on a show whose first name is, or what, which, what would you say for a show? Who's it's I don't know the the first name of this show is Bruce and you said wine cellar and beer cellar tell me about your setup here in your shed um okay so like usually you'll see me sitting like with my records behind me right yeah so I've got well I've got two of like the Ikea Expedit shelves you know they're just like the cubes so the top and so they're the 16 so it's a four by four so the top two rows which would be eight cubes on each one are filled with records and then the bottom eight are filled with my wine and beer, like my aged beer, like bourbon barrel beers and stuff like that. Okay. And then um, where my computers are usually sitting on, which is like one of my turntables underneath that, I've got more records and some other um, aged beer and then, um, you know, like samplers and stuff like that. So, wow, that sounds fresh, man. Yeah. Um, and that, that sounds like a setup that um, would be pretty easy to, to put together. It's a DIY yeah. uh, kind of, kind of operation. So yeah. I mean, I even, um, I put flooring in the shed too. So wow. I got floored out and then I put insulation and I've got like this kind of bamboo looking like, you know, the, the it's like 25 bucks a roll or whatever you can get at Home Depot. Yeah. So I just stapled all that up. So, and then just hung some sheets up just for some like kind of privacy and kind of uh, also better acoustics. Yeah. So yeah, man, I, I love that place. <laughs> yeah, dude, that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, lest this become an episode of Cribs, uh, <laughs> cribs podcast cribs. Yeah. <laughs> low budget actually you know it's funny i always wanted to do a, a cribs episode for royal ruckus as a joke and like walk through our apartment and be like and here's yeah. our sink with yeah. like dishes piled up yeah. and you know it's super don't even have a dishwasher kind of thing you know as a nice contrast but uh i never got around to it there was that one episode with red man on it though did you ever see that one? I don't think I saw that oh, one. Dude, was his like, house totally normal? Yeah. Oh, dude, it was just like a regular house. You know, I walked in, he's like, his like room's all messy. I think he's got a mic in his closet or something, you know, because oh, he's just- I could see Redman being like that. Yeah, because, you know, usually people are talking about like, you know, when they go into like the bedroom, they're like, this is where the magic happens. He like goes into his studio and he's like, this is where the magic happens, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, wow, cool. that's that's amazing. Yeah. Are you, well, are you, hey- I oh, say, sorry. I, go ahead. I do have a little uh, like prayer corner in my studio as well. Um, and I oh was, yeah, yeah. I was gonna try and set it up this time to be like in front of that, but I was like, dude, there's no moving air in there, and I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, I'm not yeah. trying to be in here. My my computer almost overheated the other day when I was trying to edit the podcast. So I was like, nah. Yeah. Well, actually, I think that's a, a I want to ask you about something. And then we, we've got someone we want to bring on. Uh, but I think it's a nice tie in. So you're mentioning prayer corners and behind you, I see a prayer corner. Um, you know, that's pretty customary, but not all of our listeners are, are Orthodox or even Christians at all. Uh, so maybe just take a quick second to just break down, like why you have a prayer corner and, uh, what you use it for. Um, well, I use it for praying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's not just a clever name. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of nice to have it. I mean, we've got one got like a little prayer corner altar that we've got set up on top of our piano out in the dining room um but yeah so you know back here i've got um just a whole smuttering of icons and then some incense i do have a smokeless incense burner from legacy icons um yeah but uh yeah so i mean i use it for my morning and evening prayers i'll have a set rule of prayers that i do um and so i'm a big fan of incense um so usually i go smoke incense <laughs> but i got the smokeless for my wife because i know it's easier um, sure and then you know when i wake up in the morning uh you know i light my candles light my incense and then um you know cross myself a couple times and try to get myself ready and then um get into my yeah. prayers so um, yeah that's I mean, good I, I think everybody might have like different prayer rules and times of day but Sure. Yeah. In the morning and the night, you know, morning, usually nights and nighttime. Sometimes I like, I have to try and do it as soon as I get home from work. Otherwise uh, it right. can get away from me, you know? Oh, I totally understand. It's, it's pretty tough for me to, to be uh, regular about it. Yeah. Um, but I do find morning and evening are kind of obvious transition times. Yeah. So that makes it a little easier. Um, now I work from home most of the time. So uh, th- there are times every now and then where midday I'm like, Oh, Hey, it'd be a great time to pray. Yeah. But honestly, my prayer life is like terrible. So <laughs> it lines know? up and down too. Brother, so. so, so I, you know, I, I don't want to make this sound like, Oh, check out what I do. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Jesus said to go in your closet and shut your yeah. mouth, you know, about it, you know, James so, corner. <laughs> right. So, you know, we're not putting this like on display here as much as we're just kind of like breaking it down. What's what's meaningful to us. And, you know, a couple things too, you mentioned incense, which of course is beautiful, smells good. Uh, And you mentioned candles. Um, You know, these are things that are a lot of Christians see symbolism in them, like the light of Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in the prayers or prayers rise like incense, the prayers rise like incense. Right. And, and then, and then also the idea that the prayers are a sweet smelling fragrance to God yeah. and he receives them the way we receive incense. So uh, I know this isn't really a theology podcast, but with your change of scenery, I wanted to bring it up and our guest on his backdrop. Um, I believe it's, I don't think it's an icon corner as much as I'm seeing icons. I think on his fridge, maybe um, my dresser. actually. Oh, it's a dresser. <laughs> oh, now I see it in I the thumbnail. It, it looked too. like a fridge. <laughs> I get that all the time. It's <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> well, let's uh, welcome our guest. Tell us who you are. Oh, my name's Raphael. I'm 42 years old and I'm a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Raphael. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. No, but yes, my name is Raphael Fiedler. I am the sole proprietor of Orthodox Review, the most uneducated educational program on the internet. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> is that trademarked? 
it, it might as well should be at this point. I, I adopted it as a joke um, within my first 10 or 20 episodes about a year and a half or so ago. And it just kind of stuck because I, I, I never really wanted people to take me too seriously. So, sure. I mean, is, you know, the books are serious. I'm not. So sure. Keep that. Uh, yeah, that, that really resonates with me. I, I, I like that whole angle. Um, do, do you feel like that comes across uh, pretty well? <laughs> I should hope so. Um, because, I mean, it's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of truth to the statement, you know, I'm, barely graduated high school. I don't have okay. any formal education after that. So everything I know, whatever knowledge I have has just been through, you know, independent research, collecting books yeah. and just generally being a nerd for it. So, you know, and especially now that, you know, I've been around for a couple of years doing this and people are starting to ask me like these big questions. And I'm like, let's not forget, I'm not your priest. You should call your priest yeah. or, yeah. you know, whoever. So, but, but for the most part, people, people get the joke. And, uh, but to, yeah. tell, tell the listeners essentially, uh, how you approach it, you know, what, what, what's your show about? Like, yeah. Okay. Um, well, mostly I try to focus on liturgical texts, prayer books, uh, Psalters and, and just because in the English language, there's so many translations of all these works that it's just like, you could just go on and on and on comparing what I, what I have coined litur uh, comparative liturgics, um, and so pretty much what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll get a publication of some sort and I'll tear into it and look at the differences between that and some of the other translations I have and maybe what makes uh, a particular book unique, whether it be uh, in its binding and its translation, the inclusion of, you know, lesser known materials that you wouldn't find in other books. And it's just kind of a way for me to be like, hey, guys, check this out. There's something yeah. more you can spend your money on. <laughs> yeah. So. And then with the live streams, it's that's that's just a train wreck, really. Um, speaking of shipwrecks, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's slowly um, slowly gaining a format where um, instead of just going on there and saying, "Okay, folks, what do you want to talk about?" Um, you know, we're we're doing now uh, readings. Every live stream, we'll do a reading from the prologue, from the Evangelinos. Uh, we're going to be integrating. Um, well, now that I have the, uh, the gospel commentary of uh, St. John Chrysostom, which was just sent to me by Steve Maynard, I'm going to start integrating that into the live stream. So, uh, so now we'll be presenting material and, hey, go buy these books, and then we yeah. can discuss that or, you know, go from yeah. there. Well, I was going to say, and I saw you're going to be doing um, the Divine Liturgy, the New Rome Press yep. one. Yeah, I got that book. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm, I'm still waiting on mine, actually. Uh, so <laughs> but uh and that, that was actually inspired by Father Thomas Hopko, of blessed memory. Um, just because, you know, when I was a catechumen, like, and I know this isn't necessarily an Orthodox show, like you said, but, you know, they're saying like, um, you know, he was, he was paramount in me learning about the faith. And then he was doing that, that series on, on the divine liturgy, which was like so in depth. And of course he reposed uh, before he could complete it. But, you know, I've always loved researching the divine liturgy and it's something i've covered in a few episodes and people started asking me like hey can we do like a liturgy walkthrough and i was like yeah sure why why not and i, I originally i was just going to do an episode like a long form where it's just like where i go through like the history of the liturgy and, and how things evolved and then i was like 
man, why don't we just have an ongoing discussion about it? And New Rome has, I mean, it's tons of books out there in the liturgy, but the New Rome one from Hiram Gregorios, it's like, I've read so much of his work now. It's like, I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a great, great work tool. So it's, and it goes right back to, you know, me just wanting to nerd out on stuff and, yeah. and share that with other people. So. Well, you're clearly no dummy. So don't sell your, don't sell yourself short at all, man. Uh, so, people, people shouldn't have expectations. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, you know, there is something to be said about putting in the time and putting your nose in the books and, um, you know, I, I hate to be cliche here, but the, you know, the whole good, goodwill hunting thing, you know, if you ever saw that movie, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> the guy has no formal education, but he knows everything under the sun because he's, he's spent his time, uh, in the books and, mm -hmm. you know, I love to read. So that resonates with me. Um, That's so I, 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 I love, yeah, exactly. I, I just, I just love the whole angle of your show. And, and I think it's great that uh, you're able to bring a lot, of, uh, a lot of cool publications out for people to look at. And one of the difficulties is that like, all right, think about it. You know, half our bookstores are gone these days, the physical mm -hmm. bookstores. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of places where you can go in and browse books. And even where you can, like Barnes & Noble, and they'll, they'll have some decent books that you or I might be interested in browsing. Mm -hmm. um, but typically the books you're covering aren't books you can just browse at the local store. Yeah. They're, they're ones you're either going to find at your church bookstore. Uh, if you're in a major area that has like some sort of uh, Orthodox bookseller, or you got to go online. A lot of this stuff is, is mail order. Now a lot of publishers are just doing direct mail order for this yeah. sort of thing now. Yeah. Um, and you know, thank God the publishers I've been dealing with, uh, have been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Cause you know, who doesn't want to have their, their product pushed. Right. But, uh, <laughs> and, and that's one of the little secrets. A lot of people uh, don't know. And I, I don't think it's bad to let the secret out that publishers are willing to share their books. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times publishers have programs in place where as long as you put in a couple of reviews and you, you sign up, they'll send you a free book. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dude, I've even uh, gotten free books just by, um, I mean, writing them and telling them who I am. And that doesn't mean anything. They're, they're not like, oh, oh, Jamie Bennett. But no, I'm just like, I'm Jamie Bennett. And I've got this reason and this reason and this reason to be interested in your book. Will, mm -hmm. will you send me a copy? And that sometimes they just do. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's really cool, and I, I consider this an amazing honor that yeah. this happens, but uh, Jordanville will just randomly shoot me a message and be like, uh, hey, you want to review this book? <laughs> sure. Yeah. And they'll yeah. send it out. The last one they did was on the, in the ecclesial crisis in the Ukraine. And wow. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I read it and you know, did a review. Turns out like it was an advanced copy. Like it just now started shipping and I've had it for like two months. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Was, like, yeah. Like, wow, that's... <laughs> Yeah, you got the inside scoop, man. Right? It's, it, I mean, it's kind of a trip because, you know, when you think of it like a fan of anything, like whether it, it be a hip hop artist you like or, or a musician you're, you're a fan of or an actor or whatever, it's like when they reach out to you or like when, when you're just talking to them in general, it's like I yeah. get that same feeling talking to like editors and publishers. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, this, this, this brother, you know, might not even, you know, might, might just be a novice up, up at, a random monastery in upstate New York. It's like, they're reaching out to me because they want me to do stuff with books. It's like, 
<laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh it's 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 kind of surreal, you know. Well, it's 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 like a like a street team, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I used to do that all the time. I was just like emailing different record labels or, you know, groups or whatever, like, yeah. hey, I love your stuff, like wanna like post stuff up. So I mean, I was lucky enough, like um it was a couple like pod albums that came out like i was on their street team like i got like yeah a bunch of like posters to hang up at record stores I, yeah ironically the one place they didn't hang it up was the christian bookstore <laughs> really yeah they're like well we need to talk to the manager and then i'm like all right well here you go if you want to boom but um you know but it's the same thing like with like publishers and stuff you know it's kind of like you know that same nerdery i guess where you can yeah get all for that. sure yeah you know man uh, that that street team talk though i i gotta throw this in there uh that takes me back when uh royal ruckus we were shopping our demo was when la symphony was getting ready to drop call it what you want um and and all that stuff was going on and we were still in bakersfield and uh i got on their street team and rep their their stuff in bakersfield and they got a lot of great exposure uh through that and it's just cool it's a great idea you know you use the network that's available to you and I, I think that is uh, even more achievable these days uh, with the internet, although uh, there's a lot more noise now. So, yeah. you know, that, that is one of the difficulties. But yeah. Now, Raphael, you mentioned uh, something about uh, monks, monasticism. Ah. Um, I think we, we were talking before <laughs> we hit record mm -hmm. that you had something to do with monasticism and uh, Nomadic had some questions for you too. And I just thought sure. maybe we could take a little time to dive into that. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I, I tried. I, I tried to be a monk. I tried okay. really hard. Did not work out. Um, but that being said, it was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life. Yeah. Because... Um, I mean, it's, it's not often you get the opportunity to, to take yourself out of the world, go to a place where you're not on your phone, you're not watching TV, you're not on the internet. It's get up, pray, do your work, pray, go to sleep. Occasionally yeah. you get to hang out in the library and drink tea and play with the cats, you know? So, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you take all those things away and you're just kind of left with yourself and yeah. You know, all the therapy in the world is all nice and fine, but an experience like that will teach you, or at least it taught me more about myself than at the time I cared to know. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah. it was cathartic. It was, it was, and it was brilliant. It was beauty because, you know, I was there for almost six months and looking back, it felt like a day. Yeah. I mean, it oh, just, yeah. yeah. You get into that rhythm and it's just, it's beautiful. So what, what was like the, the main thing that, that pulled you in? And that, that made you make a radical departure. Um, it, 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 I, there was, there was a lot of things that kind of went into it. You know, I'd always been enamored with the monastic life. Most of my life, you know, I was always like, oh, being a monk must be pretty cool. Like even back, you know, when I was a Roman Catholic or, or whatever, I was like, you know, these, these, these guys got it going on. They just like, they live in their little thing and they do their thing and it's very pretty. And that, that sounds nice. And then, um, and then after my conversion, I, I first went to visit a monastery. I was there for all of, you know, two and a half days, didn't sleep a whole lot, but it just had this profound impact on the way I viewed, you know, a, a prayer centered life. Yeah. And so, and I was, I was still married at the time. So it's not like I was, you know, going to jump ship, 
but I will say that when I right. got, so when it's I a got home, tough to be a, a monk when you're married. <laughs> okay. My first visit there two 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 things <laughs> kind of pointed me in that direction even further. Um, cause I, I was still a, a cook at the time and, uh, he wasn't abbot yet, but he was the agumen, uh, Father Seraphim. I was speaking to him briefly. He's like, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a cook. He's like, great, you can live here. And I was like, uh, I don't think my, my wife my wife might have something to say about that. He's like, no, she'll be fine with it. Trust me. <laughs> and we had a good giggle. So a day and a half later, I walk in through the front door at home. And she just looks up at me. She's like, oh, you're back. I was like, excuse me? She's like, no, I seriously thought you were just going to stay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> My wife's afraid and, uh, of that, too. <laughs> that was an indicator of a couple of things. But um, sure. But so, you know, after the divorce and everything, um, I was I was trying to focus more on prayer and just trying desperately to cling to my faith. And people were telling me, uh, you know, friends of ours and like the Facebook groups, they were like, yeah, maybe you should really go give it a shot. And I was like, I kind of hyped myself up and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? It's not a bad idea. But in the back of my mind, I, I was always also thinking, I was like, I'm the middle child, I'm the problem child. I'm not you know, <laughs> conventionally successful. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always causing an issue. What better way to cure all of these problems than to sequester <laughs> myself in a monastery? Sure. Um, so, so, you know, after making several trips there and, you know, a lot of, a lot of hard work and prayer, you know, they were like, all right, come on up for a few months and we'll try out. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, I was curious about that, how much time you had spent with them beforehand, as you were kind of thinking through this process, because it's not oh, yeah. like you're just like, snap your fingers, you're a yeah. monk. It's like, even that six months you were there, mm -hmm. there was something leading up to that. So, so tell oh, me yeah. about that. So um, the, the, the second trip I made up there was for a couple days just to just to go visit. Yeah. So it's was, it was like close to a week. You know, I had some time on my hands, you know, I was divorced. I was just, you know, hey, let's let's go up to the monastery and see what we can do. And uh, again, great experience, made some new friends, some friends uh, that are no longer at the monastery, but are now doing other things in the church. I'm still friends with to this day. And, yeah. you know, of course, you start start counseling with and, and at, by that time, uh, Father Seraphim was the uh, the abbot. So, you know, speaking a lot with him and just just trying on the community aspect. Yeah. Um, and then my next trip was for a couple of weeks. Okay. That's a good way to do it, I guess. So, yep. And so, and, and the trips just get progressively longer until, you know, you go for what I call the big stay. Which until you is, don't leave. <laughs> it pretty much. Um, and uh, so in, in my zeal, when, when they were like, all right, let's, let's bring you in. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Uh, in my zeal, I got rid of everything. Like mm. guitars, records, books, yeah. the whole night. Mm. Just, just I was like, "Yep, I'm gonna go be a monk." That's this done deal. Sure, no problem. I got this. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> so it was it was a struggle. It was a real struggle. I mean, I I, I was working through some issues I didn't even know I had, and yeah. uh, and when I tell you demons are real and they they hate it when you go to monasteries, it's it's. I, I haven't smoked cigarettes in uh, eight, nine years. I, I okay. have one occasionally here or there. Leading up to this point, you know, I was vaping. I wasn't using nicotine at all. And I was like, oh, 
no problem. Like I, cause I was preparing myself. I knew what was coming. Yeah. The moment I get up there, I start fiending hard for cigarettes. Oh, wow. And like, to the point where like, I was hitting up day laborers for cigarettes. It was like, it was bad. I was like, what, where is this coming from? So, I mean, yeah. just, just goes to show like, and again, once you have all those distractions out of the way, yeah. Now you're just dealing with yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I used to, I mean, I started smoking when I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, I quit before I was 18, started when I was 20. I think I quit when I was like 26. I don't know. It was like, Oh, six or whatever. Shortly after my son was born. But mm. yeah, I mean, that's, that's hard to kick. You know what I mean? Like it's a right? rough one. Yeah. Um, not, not only that people, I don't think a lot of people realize that there's like two kinds of people that smoke. There's people that are just like, they just need something to mm-hmm. do. Right. Where it's like a nervous thing. They probably have an anxiety issue. And then there's some people that just like kind of do it and they're like, Oh yeah. And they can just put yeah. it down and never, yeah. never come back again. Yeah. Um, I'm not that <laughs> I'm the other one. That's why I still vape to this yeah. day. It's well, I mean, I, I like, I like rituals <laughs> go figure. Right? Yeah. And right? so it's like, I like that ritual. And so actually the thing that helped sure. me, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. this is a completely different thing as far as you talking about like struggles with, you know, your, with your own demons or demons period. Right. Mm. But, um, you know, it's like, I started drinking yerba mate because you could drink it out of a gourd and still sip it out of a straw. So I was still pulling something, you right. know, and then on top of that, it was like a healthy, you know, so I was still stepping outside mm-hmm. to do it. And then after a while, I kind of just you know, stop. I mean, I smoke a pipe occasionally now and stuff, but it's a whole, hey. that's a whole different thing. Cause it's not, you know, you got to take at least at the very least yeah. a half an hour, you know? Exa- so. Well, yeah. Well, and, and smoking a pipe too, it's, you yeah. know, not, you're not really inhaling it. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's more of a, a social thing. Yeah. And it's kind of right. just like sucking up a cigarette. Real yeah, exactly. Quick, yeah. Exactly. Man. I, I just had the chance uh, a few weeks ago uh, to go to little Havana in Miami Ooh. and they've got like the best cigar shops. Uh, just <laughs> everywhere and Pauline and I went down there and uh, it was like midweek we had like the the day off and uh, it was fantastic man it was like noon and there were these Cuban jazz artists just like playing right there in the cafe we had hand rolled cigars um, you know I I very very rarely smoke a cigar but um, but I enjoy one when I when I can and that was just like an unforgettable experience Right on. And if if we could make this, uh, you know, smokes, beards, and shipwrecks uh, for the night, that's fine too. <laughs> hey, you know, it's. What, what are you guys drinking, by the way? You know, because I was going to ask that. So uh, thank you, dear guest. Oh, well, actually, what are you drinking first? I, I'm drinking the Lord's perfect beverage. Water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got I, I got some too. I didn't get a chance to go out and grab beer earlier today. That's. <laughs> so let me get this straight you'll sit there and have beers on your live streams but you come on to mm-hmm. a podcast with brews in the name <laughs> and you're gonna come with water yeah that's a good point i was i was gonna have coffee mm. um but i that's acceptable too i i uh i have had to cut down on my caffeine lately mm. i'm just a big ball yeah. of issues right now <laughs> i've i've been i've been drinking a lot of coffee lately and so my sleep patterns are just all over the place oh, for the yeah. past like month almost i want to say i've never slept for more than two hours at a clip oh jeez. so i had to i I'm go, going to pass it out on live streams i tried doing my live stream on friday night i got 45 minutes in and was so delirious from sleep deprivation that i would like started 
I, I had to go back and listen to myself. I started talking about rescue rangers in the middle of like discussing <laughs> something else. And it was just, and someone commented it. They were like, yeah, he's delusional from sleep deprivation. And I did. I just, I just knocked it out. I, and, and then I, I laid rack. down, knocked out for like six, six hours. Um, and yeah, so, so I've, I've, <laughs> I've had to kind of be careful with my caffeine intake because I'm trying to get myself back in a schedule. So. I got the rescue rangers theme stuck in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, well, well, what are you drinking, Clayton? Um, I'm sipping this nice uh, Japanese lager from Level Brewing out here in Portland. Um, it's called oh, nice. Sheep the Leg. So for all those who know about, uh, you know, Karate Kid, um, <laughs> you know, so with, with a nice something nice, you know, the way the heat is right now, I was like, I'm going to get something nice, light and crisp. And then, of course, mm-hmm. I got, you know, some water, too, to kind of balance it out, you know. It's always good to have a glass of water nearby. And uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say on this episode, I have just the LaCroix or LaCroix. I'm not sure. I think it's, um, it, it's French for the Crikes. <laughs> LaCroix. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's their hibiscus one, which is pretty good. Um, so I, I drink a lot of sparkling water um, at, because I, you know, I like a ritual. At, like uh, Clayton was saying, you know, I, I like an evening drink. And sometimes that drink is better off being sparkling water. So, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the, the other reason I'm not drinking beer today is I went to a punk rock show at a skate park last night and uh, you, you don't drink good beer at punk rock shows, guys. I can uh, tell you. Yeah, I'm sure. Colt 45 and Miller High Life. It was just, <laughs> yeah. Need a day to recover from that one. <laughs> Man, we're we're gonna have to talk more about that that punk life. Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. You know, you, you, you I'm I'm kind of curious about your history, so we should need to go back a little further because sure. we definitely got punk rock to nearly a monk. Uh, to where where you are now and your your you've started your show so let's actually go back a little bit to your conversion hmm. um tell us how you became orthodox punk to monk punk to monk <laughs> i love that K- kind of by divine providence some people would call it accident some people would call it you know coincidence i call it divine providence um i was a member of the episcopal church for a long time and since I was knee high to my father's kilt, there's another Disney reference for you. Um, I, uh, I wanted to be a priest, I wanted desperately to be a priest. And so when I was in the Episcopal church, they were like, okay, let's get you in some courses. Let's, you know, move things along. So I was taking this uh, preparatory course called uh, education for ministry. And uh, they made the grandiose mistake on their part of teaching me things like history. Yeah. <laughs> telling me about these things called ecumenical councils and whatnot. And so after two years of this, I was like, you people are flat out telling me that you're heretical. Why would I, why would I stay? Like, and then, you know, everything came to a head when I met uh, my friend, Chris, uh, locally, who is the choir director at our church um, at St. Basil's Orthodox church. And uh, he, he played me some liturgical music and I was like, sold done. (laughs) And I, I showed up at a liturgy and uh, and I was like, I, I'm told that this is authentic Christianity. They're like, well, that's what we think. And I was like, I'm in. And I never looked back. And that was oh. it. I was just I was looking for the real. I was looking for authenticity. And and there it was. And so I just I jumped. And you had beauty I, in I the have, package. It sounded like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, so then at some point, um, I mean, that sounds almost like instantaneously you were, you were sold. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So what, what was the process like from there? Um, was um, it a short period of time or, or uh, no, it was, a while? it was a little over a year. Okay. Um, you know, I started attending liturgy every week and, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm really blessed in that our parish, even though we've gotten pretty big now, like even back then when we were a mission, everyone was just super cool because here I was Captain Punk Rock rolling in with like nose ring and you know, like, and then like the 70 year old Lebanese guys like, Hey, how's it going? You know, it's, it's, yeah. It was pretty rad. Um, so, you know, I became a catechumen and at the time, uh, and, Father, and tell the listeners what that is. Okay. For those, so, for those who don't know. Sorry. Um, the catechumenate is a period wherein you're learning about the church. Uh, you're learning about its, its beliefs, its theology, its services. And then you're also immersing yourself in that. So that not only do you understand it, but you only also understand what you're getting into. Yeah. And, and you're letting the prayers and services just kind of wash over you. And then at the end of this period, however long or short it may be, uh, you, you, you'll be received into the church, whether by baptism or chrismation, depending on what the bishop says, where, where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so in other words, it's, it's like the, the process where you're learning and yeah. where you're kind of, you're, it's, it's uh, the process you go through to join the church. Yeah. And then, and then that's when you're formally received, but mm-hmm. you, you were, uh, you took a name, Raphael. Mm-hmm. And, you were not born with that name. So, no. <laughs> uh, so tell me about that. Uh, my birth name is Adam Douglas Fiedler. Um, and uh, I, I, I like my name. I, I, th- I think it's a great name. My, my father chose my name. He said, thought it was a strong name. I, yeah. I agree. Um, but when I, when I was received into the church, you know, I knew I only needed to be called Raphael when I was receiving communion, because that's the tradition of the Orthodox Church for those that don't know. When the, when you receive communion, the priest will say, the servant or handmaiden of God name receives the holy body and blood of our yeah. Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, but I got to thinking about it and I realized what a profound change was happening in me and in my life. And I, I thought to myself, you know, Adam was kind of a, was kind of a, just a, I mean, he was a mess. He was, he was, he was this guy that like couldn't possibly ever do the right thing. and was just, was always just negative. And I was like, maybe, maybe I can try to start fresh with people. You know, maybe when I introduce myself to new people, I'll say, Hey, my name is Raphael and, and see where that takes me. Because now that I'm actively trying to live as a, as an Orthodox Christian, you know, I don't think the old me is representative of that at all. Yeah. Um, And so now online, it was, it was a bit of a kerfuffle because, you know, I was like super zealous as most converts are. And I was like, yeah, you're going to call me Raphael now. And some people were like, ah, that's okay. Whatever, man. Like (laughs) you do you. Yeah. But um, guys in this Ninja Turtle delusion. uh, Totally. And and which is weird because my favorite turtle was Donatello. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you should you should have looked for a Saint Donatello. Um, I'm sure there was one. 
Yeah. So, so I was one of the people that gave you some pushback on it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, for me, I've got a lot of names too. And let's be clear when I converted to orthodoxy, I took a name as well. So my birth mm-hmm. name is, is actually Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and of course my rap name is Chunjay. So we, we all already understand that in like this community. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we understand taking on monikers, um, but then my church name, so to speak, or at least uh, my baptismal name or what have you, is Athanasius. Mm-hmm. I don't require anybody to call me Athanasius. Right. Um, I, I do get called that by some people. And the funny thing is I've even been called that in other languages, you know, like Afanasi for Russian. <laughs> it took me a while to figure out yeah. that I, I actually thought the guy was calling me the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like my daughter's name is Anastasia. And so it's like um you know in greek because our, our parish is greek but it's like you know uh, well and my wife's yeah yeah would just call it anastasia yeah. you know so it's like there's different forms of that i mean and not you know not to cut you off but it's like you know it's like my no, my, ba- my baptismal name is moses after mm. saint moses of ethiopia yeah um nice. but actually i had a, a friend from ethiopia he would actually call me nushe you know, it's okay. like M-U-S-E. Sure. it's like the, you know, Ethiopian to, you know, English form. But, but I mean, a lot of people at church do call me Moses, but it, it mm. does almost kind of create, um, I don't know, like sometimes like a, an identity crisis, sure. I think with that. Cause like, sometimes I'm like, I remember asking my friend about it. I'm like, you know, I don't know what to do here. He's like, the way I look at it, he's like, when you're among Christians, say your Christian name, when you're among the world, say that name. I'm like, okay, but there's been times where I've wanted to go just go all out and be like, I'm going to legally change my name. And, you know, so, uh, well, I can identify with that a little bit. Like, yeah. I, I thought of ad- adding Raphael to my name. So it'd be Adam Douglas Raphael Fiedler mm. just to kind of integrate that. Um, but like, I don't, I don't insist on anyone calling me anything in particular. You know, there, there are like tons of people at my church that call me Adam. My family calls me Adam. Yeah. Some of my old friends call me Adam. Um, and I don't mind it one bit because now at this point, you know, I've been Orthodox about eight years, which is not a terribly long time. It's long enough where, you know, I, I think everything's kind of integrated now. Like I've come to terms with who I was and kind of accepted that as, as part of who I am now. And so like, call me Raphael, call me Adam, just, you know, don't, don't, don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> that old well, gag. <laughs> so, so what, one of the things I want to say to, to be clear too, like not everybody takes um, an exotic or unusual name mm-hmm. or something when they become Orthodox, uh, you know, someone named Mark might just be Mark, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that happens a lot too. So, so it's not always this, this big ordeal. And like, for yeah. me, it was significant to take it. But for me, when I took Athanasius, it was more like, a, an added blessing, like an extra, extra name for me or something. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it, and names are endearing and names are meaningful. Um, so, but for you, there was a moment that you felt this name change was significant. And there, there are totally like biblical examples of this where, and again, it's not a theology podcast, but you look at like the old patriarchs and you've got Abram becomes Abraham. And yes. even that slight little shift is significant. And uh, and then, you know, of course, in the New Testament, you got Saul becomes Paul. Mm-hmm. And this name change uh, becomes almost a, a, a rite of passage, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think yours was literally 
a sort of rite of passage when you took the name and for you, it, it was meaningful. Um, what, you, you know, you, you said some harsh stuff about Adam, um, but you know, yeah. Adam, Adam was almost <laughs> also like raised in the church too. You said in, in the uh, Episcopal church, right? Um, so yeah, kind of. I was actually, I was raised nominally Roman Catholic okay. and then chose to become an Episcopalian when I was in high school. So, okay. you know, I was, I was always wanting a religious experience when I was younger. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily faith. Uh, and so, but then there's this punk rock component in your life yeah. too. So, um, you know, uh, gro- uh, for a lot of people and, that might, might sound jarring. Um, and it's really not, uh, well, I mean, it shouldn't be is what I should say, because when you think of, punk rock you think of rebellion bucking the norm going against the grain against the system and what does the orthodox faith do what has it always done for the past two thousand years is it bucks the system yeah and it goes against everything and it's 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 uh it's it's, it's a true rebellion like right. uh death to the world would say yep. it's the last true rebellion. true rebellion so it it makes to me it makes perfect sense it's like and of course knowing now that you know how many uh you know there, there was a there was this big movement in California where a whole bunch of punkers like became monks and priests and stuff. And oh, yeah. it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's, um, but you know, even growing up and being part of the punk rock movement in the nineties, um, you know, the idea of questioning everything and not, you know, not caring what other people think about what you believe. And hmm. so right. like e- even professing Christianity in the punk movement back then was like, was pretty, Oh, you're a Christian rat. Good for you, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so it, 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 it was kind of natural for me. Um, and being a person that's always been kind of hard headed and wanting to challenge the status quo for whatever reason, um, it just, it, it fit me well when all of a sudden now I was questioning my own, my own faith yeah, and was presented with this ultimate truth that was so far beyond anything I could have ever imagined. I was like, this is just crazy enough to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, Plus uh, we've got skulls. So that's pretty punk oh, rock. We, we've got skulls. We wear a lot of black, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, crosses all over the place yeah. i mean it's people like, talking about death all the time yeah. i was like i mean the scheme across is pretty punk rock as it is you know what I mean? oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i've got one of those right over my desk yeah so I, along with an icon I've of got, st moses i've by got the, the schema tattoo i don't know if that mm. counts yeah, totally <laughs> uh, well if we, if we want to go the tattoo route i do have the christogram on my knuckles oh my uh, goodness oh yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't get more jesus punk rock than that i guess not <laughs> Uh, if if only I could just be a Christian instead of trying to do all this other nonsense yeah. and just just be a real, true, devout, orthodox Christian, you know, just once in my life, you know. Well, I think that's the thing, especially like, you know, you know, converting, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, three of us are converts. It's like, you know, and I think especially it's like we tend to, it sounds like the three of us have this collector's mentality, especially being into music and things like that. Mm-hmm. So all of a you're like, oh, I'm collecting all these books. I'm going to collect all these icons. And it's like, this stuff is all well and good, but do you actually yeah. use it? Exactly. You know, it's sure. like, you know, it's like if I just had like an icon of Christ in the Theotokos and a prayer book in my Bible, that would be enough. 
mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, absolutely. Um, and so if I, I feel you on that, dude, <laughs> just trying to be a Christian, man. I, I tell you, I got, you know, everyone's got an EDC, right? Everyday carry. So I've got, I've got two bags. I've got like this, this really wicked cool Adidas fanny pack, right? And then I've got my book bag for when I'm carrying books around. Each one of these bags contains three things, a prayer rope, uh, a pocket diptych, and a copy of Little Red. Mm-hmm. So that way, if everything around me vanishes, everything I need is in that bag. And yeah. for the listeners, when he says Little Red, that's like a... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, a little red. it's literally a Little yeah. Red prayer book. Yeah. <laughs> There's a black version, too, but it, it's a little... It which I have. Pocket. <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. Po- it's, it's an actually pocket prayer book. Someone will say pocket mm-hmm. yeah. prayer books, they don't fit in your pocket comfortably. But this one, <laughs> I've got one in my car, too, so... Yeah, this is... Yeah, this is this is the first one I got, which is held together with duct tape and packing tape, and it's had some ink bleed, but the pages are nice and soft from these. So. Yeah, that's an action-packed book. <laughs> yes, it is. So, it's got all so the greatest hits in there. It sounds to me like prayer is, uh, you know, is super important to you. It was a big thing that drew you into orthodoxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what what is it about? Uh, is it about prayer and? Um, and what, what does it do, you know, or how, how, tell me, just take me into that. That's a fit. No one's ever actually asked me a question like this. So thank you. That's awesome. Um, when, when I was trying to pray or reading prayers back when I was like an Episcopal or I, I even like, I started getting into like that whole, you know, emergent church, new monasticism thing, where it's like a bunch of hippies in a storefront. And like yeah. they have these prayer books that are like based on uh, the Book of Common Prayer, which I still think is a the pinnacle of English literature. Um, you know, you read out of that, and it's yeah, just it's pretty a, incredible. It's uh, it, it it still to this day evokes. There was a scene in uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life where they cut to a church, and it's like, "Oh God, you are so great! Please do not smite!" <laughs> you know, like all this, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I guess this is how we pray." And then really the first time I looked up Orthodox prayers and I was like, wow, this is, this is heavy stuff. There's an actual conversation happening in each yeah. one of these prayers. Yeah. And of course I knew, I knew about like the, the rough outline of how a prayer should go, you know, praise petition, blah, 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 blah. But it's like never one. I mean, I had had no exposure to the fathers or any of the saints. So, so seeing these things and it's like reading these, like I actually feel like, I'm saying something and not only that, but like, I'm meaning it. Uh, So for the longest time, I was just like, you know, again, convert zeal, like first couple of years, I was like, I will read the full monastic rule and it will take me half an hour and it'll be great. And then, (laughs) oh, oh yeah. And so, and I'm glad, I'm honestly glad I did because a, I was able to commit some of that to memory, but Two, like what you'll see in most prayer books or, or, or most major, the, the major prayer publications is there'll usually be a letter in there or some sort of forward that, that explains that, you know, okay, this is our formula for prayer. This is what teaches us to pray. And, and in time, you'll pray in your own words and these prayers will, will guide you. And because I was so zealous, a, might even say overzealous and, and insisted on reading these prayers all the time. I had that great foundation that when I started to encounter troubles, keeping prayer rule 
were like, you know, I'm battling depression or the anxiety or just lazy or for yeah. whatever reason, I can still just stand in front of my prayer corner and say something yeah. to God that yeah. that's real. And I think one of the, the valuable things that I've always loved about a prayer book, because I didn't grow up, uh, you know, I grew up a Christian, but I didn't grow up with prayer books. And uh, we did have like a hymnal that had um, some responsive readings from the Psalms mm -hmm. in the back. And I always thought that was terrible. Like I hated it um, when I was a kid. And then it's so funny because I'm so into liturgy now. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, what did it for me was I, I experienced in my younger, you know, life i laugh they're not really shipwrecks uh in some ways but back then they were real serious things to me uh mm -hmm. but you know i had some some young adult shipwrecks and in those times i wanted to cry out to god and i had a hard time finding words mm -hmm. and i found that liturgical prayer this is like when it's written down you know it's scripted mm -hmm. it gave me the words when i didn't have any yes exactly um, I, I've sometimes likened it to like, if you're on a boat and there's a storm and you need to put that anchor, that liturgical prayer is that, is that anchor. And then when you get beyond the storm, now let me change metaphors here. The, the other thing is what you were talking about. At some point, you don't even necessarily need the prayer books. Um, and it's, it's not to say there's anything wrong with using your own words. Pray to God. I pray to God all day, every day. Uh, admittedly, sometimes I even cuss in my prayers. Uh, I don't recommend that, but I mean, when, when you're talking to God a lot, that's the sort of thing that can come out sometimes. <laughs> um, but what happens though? Yeah. But what happens when, when you're looking for the words, uh, sometimes you don't even need the prayer book. If you've been reading the prayer book, you have all these words, um, so that you're not sitting there like, my goodness, when I was a teenager, I was probably like, Father God, like, um, Lord Jesus, um, thank you. Um, bro. <laughs> right. Dude. <laughs> and and Dude, that's well, I'm good. really I mad guess. at my parents right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we can do better. And if we're talking to God, you know, uh, we're, we're talking about the, the greatest uh, being of all. And uh, oh, yeah. there's nothing greater. And it, why not prepare? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, that's actually another way it where music comes into play, um, you know, because for me and like, you know, Raphael, you had posted a thing not too long ago about, um, you know, what song would make like a great punk song. Mm -hmm. and, and I sent you it was like this like Christian speed metal band had like Psalm 23. Um, <laughs> but it's yep. like, or, you know, Psalm 22 or, you know, the Septuagint, mm -hmm. right? But, um, but that's actually how I learned that that song was that's because awesome. of that song. You know, and so um, there is something about having something scripted that can help you commit something to memory so you can make those words your own, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And so when you yeah. can't, if you can't like just like freestyle or find the words, all of a sudden you're like, oh, you can call that up. And then it, they're actually your words. And that is your prayer. Yes. You know? That's a really great way to explain it, because I, I think we we too often think that we can have our music over here and have it so meaningful and then when when it comes to prayer uh we often think if it's written down it can't be heartfelt i i, I think i know where you're going allow me to speak for you in my hubris 
Okay, so you got you, you, you got a you got a song you like, you know, you got a song that really touches you and like you like to sing along to this song in your car or in the shower or whatever. And like, you just feel it. You feel this song, right? Like it yeah. just speaks to yeah. you. You feel like it's your own, like you make it your own. I've done this with numerous songs. So how is, how should that be any different than these liturgical hymns, than the Psalms themselves? You know, yeah. you, you love, you love this prayer because it speaks to you. It speaks for you. It's like, how is, how is that in any way disingenuous? You know, it's like, like uh, uh, when I play shows, like if I'll do an acoustic show, I'll throw a few covers in there because like, yeah. They express yep. what I'm feeling better than I can do it myself. And it's the same thing with prayer. You know, we find those prayers that express exactly how, you know, how, how we're, how we're struggling yeah. and, and what we're grateful for, what we're sad about, what, you know, the, 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 the wide-eyed wonder we hold God's creation in and everything in between. Yeah. Um, so if I yeah. may, yeah. Can I guide this to the next you may. thing you're going to talk about, which would be, how did you start the Orthodox Book Review? Ah, um, <laughs> out of complete and utter boredom. Uh, at the time, I was doing a podcast with my buddy Andre uh, called Punk Rock Explorers, which was uh, was kind of a a thing where we'd like go out to cemeteries or haunted looking spots, shoot some video, whatever. But then we do a podcast, pardon me, where we would talk about like some urban legend or cryptids or hauntings or whatever. And it was, it was a lot of fun to do. Cause we, you know, I've, I've always, one of, one of my favorite little hobby horses has always been like the, uh, you know, the supernatural, the occult, you know, exorcism movies are my favorite kind of movies. Like I'm, I'm that weird. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so we're doing this podcast and it's just like, it's not going anywhere. And he's really bummed out. And he's just like, I don't understand, blah, 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 blah. Because he, he, he wants this to be like this cash cow somehow. And I'm just like, I, we're just doing a podcast, man. Don't, don't put anything on it. Just let it roll. And so I was like, you know, we're doing this podcast. But you know what? I've got all these prayer books laying around and I don't have anyone local that i could be like here come look at my bookshelf look look this, yeah. this cool look yeah. at this look at this and like kind of kind of pick things apart with so i was like well you know i mean i'll i'll try youtube and i'll just i'll put some stuff up there see what happens and at first it was like very genuine and i was like soft spoken and i was like hey you know this is this book and and uh and it just kind of took off real quick um like not like, you know, millions of subs quick, but you know, I've got sure. a few thousand subscribers at this yeah. point, but people were in like, it, it accomplished what I wanted it to do. It connected yeah. me with other people who were enthusiastic about prayer books and stuff. Yeah. And so like, it kind of lit a fire into me. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. It's like, let's do more. Yeah. You know, kind of like, like, you know, like if you're playing on a garage band or, or, you know, you're just recording in your room and all of a sudden you go outside and you start playing your music for people and they're into it. And now all of a sudden, now you want to do it more because it makes you feel good. Right. And that's kind of what happened. Um, and so I just, I kept going with it and then people started suggesting, Hey, why don't you reach out to some publishers or this, that, the other thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And it just, it just hasn't stopped. And uh, I mean, it's, it's had lulls or like right now I'm in kind of a lull because I'm waiting on some, some materials. So, but, uh, so how, what's your, what's your schedule like? How often? Um, typically, 
uh, I do three live streams a week on Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday evenings. Okay. And then when, when I have the materials, I try to put out at least one episode a week. Okay. Of, of like pre-recorded material. But, uh, but you've got a couple weeks off here. Uh, yeah, I've had a few weeks off because um, I'm waiting on books that, uh, well, there's one in particular that uh, the, the book binding that the, uh, that the printers got wasn't up to snuff. So it got delayed. Yeah. So I'm waiting on that. Um, I just got a couple more books uh, from our friend, Stephen Maynard nice. uh, for the show. Um, and then I get, you know, I don't really turn, I don't make a whole lot of money on this. So it's like, you know, at the end of the month when I get my Patreon payout, cause I do have a Patreon, like that's usually enough money to, you know, pick up some more books for the show. Yeah. So Unfortunately, I'm also unemployed at the moment, so I've kind of had uh, to tap into that a little sure, bit to sure. to kind of get by. But uh, so so for the most part, the, the, and beyond that, the only thing that really hangs me up is like putting in the time to like do the comparisons of the research. Yeah, because um, like once once you've read 20 prayer books, you've got a really good idea of like what's going to be different, so you can just go in and yeah chop it up but also i like to spend time like when i get a new prayer book i don't want to just put it on the show i actually want to pray out of it you know it's almost a better way to present it so you know having used it you know well and i'm I'm gonna say it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know how i stumbled upon your channel i think i might have just been like looking for a good like prayer book and i think i might have just typed it in um Mm -hmm. and like actually because i was in that the process of i'm like okay well do i just try to make my own with just some different prayers kind of cold together and you know punk rock style it diy cut and paste you know um, <laughs> and there's a lot of folks that do that so yeah, don't and, knock it <laughs> and, and, and you know and and i ha- and i do have certain prayers that i do mm-hmm. you know but um because i really enjoyed because my wife and i we used to pray together a lot but now because we have different schedules we just have our own time and mm-hmm. we kind of need different things but um, but we would just use what was in the back of the Orthodox study Bible, mm-hmm. you know, and which I is up. pretty much the, like the prayers at a little red. Which yeah, is cool. exactly. Um, but, you know, but then I was kind of like, okay, well, I wasn't using that just cause I was kind of making my own stuff and I've been gifting some different prayer books, but I'm like, these are okay, but like, I want something different. So I was kind of just typing it in and that's, um, you know, when I stumbled across your channel and I ended up getting the St. Tecons, hey. you know? I mean, I love it for many reasons. Number one, I was like, I did, I, I like won something like a couple free prayer books on New Rome Press, you know, from some giveaways mm-hmm. they had, which I used some of those to give away to people who got baptized. Oh, nice. You know, um, I was like, oh, these are great gifts. But, uh, but I was like, it was great. But I'm like, oh, this doesn't have an evening prayers. It had like small comp line, but mm-hmm. I don't always do that in the evening. So the St. Tecons was great because it had, you know, morning, evening prayers, some other stuff. Plus it had, you know, the red, yellow, green you know, ribbon. So I'm like, you know, yeah. And it's, you know, reggae dude. It's also an heirloom quality book. Yeah. That that book is designed and built to be passed down. Mm -hmm. So that's something, you know, that you'll be able to share with your children someday. And I think that was one of the few ones I think you were saying, like it actually has a prayer for your enemies in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I'm I'm a huge fan of of praying for enemies because I don't do it enough. So if I'm not doing it enough, that means I want everyone else to do it with me. (laughs) See, it's, it's that kind of stuff that keeps me a Christian, you know, it's uh, built into our faith is this Mm -hmm. love even of enemies. And it's such a radical idea. Um, And humanity's like natural bent is to hate and to kill and to push down. And Christianity tells us a different path. 
Um, and that's just incredible. Now, I, I want to actually propose okay. something for the three of us. Uh, uh, since we're talking about a lot of different prayer books and stuff, obviously, uh, listeners, if they're interested in, in uh, that kind of stuff, can go to your channel mm-hmm. and they can dig and search and check out some different ones. But how about we each think of like one, two, maybe no more than three each of our favorite prayer books. And let's put them in the show notes so that somebody could, uh, and, and maybe even a sentence or two about each. Now this isn't, you know, I know you're a, you know, you are a reviewer. So this is maybe <laughs> not your top three endorsement, but like for our listeners maybe, or, you know, just something like that. Would you guys be down for that? Sure. Yeah, totally. All right. So we'll, let's get that together this week and and, yeah, uh, and we'll put that in the show notes. So we're talking about music. What is uh, one of your, you, you play music as well, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure do. Poorly, might I add. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm an okay musician. I'll, I'll, I'll give myself that. Uh, yeah, um, I, I've played in like punk and hardcore bands back when I was in New York a lot. And start, you know, one, once I discovered home recording on like a Macintosh, it was over. I never, never needed musicians after that. So I've, I've got this corpus of work that just kind of like sits there on a, on a hard drive and just kind of lives there for me to go back to occasionally. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I got some, got some tunes. Yeah, so what, what's something you'd like to play for us today? Um, one song in particular, because like I'm, I'm all over the place musically, like when it comes to what I record. But there was this one song in particular called "Prison," which originally was intended to be a love song, and it turned into this this song that was more about like paranoia and trying to break away from, you know, just living in a shell, and. Uh, and one of my friends described it as, right? What's not to one love? One of my friends described it as, uh, it sounds like the gin blossoms on, on insert drug here. <laughs> but um, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like a frantic punk rock song like you would think. It's more like 90s alternative kind of. But uh, I, I think as the years have gone on too, it's like I, even, even in my own eyes, I've, I've reinterpreted it is meaning so many different things and i think that's a sign of a decent song is when people can listen to it and just kind of come to their own conclusions about it uh-huh. so and nah, i did it all group? myself in my kitchen on a macintosh on an imac um i played all the guitars i sang everything and the bass wow. and everything the only, the, the only thing i programmed nice. was the drums uh the mixing is real bad but it's uh but it's it's a pop tune really it's Pop punk. Yeah, it's punk. Yeah, well, it's kind of pop. Oh, it's it's pop. like I said, it's like kind of this '90s alternative sort of thing going on. So it's it, it's punk nice. influenced. Every, everything I do is influenced by punk because when it comes down to it, punk is just basic rock and roll. So yeah. it's three to five chord progressions and just, All just right. go. <laughs>
Yeah. So thanks for sharing your music with us, man. Um, but you know, something you were saying earlier, uh, really stuck out to me. And, you know, when you're, when you were talking about mm -hmm. praying for our enemies and I think it's just like I, I was saying earlier, I mean, it's just such a remarkable concept and it's almost unheard of, uh, in human history to even see that as an ideal. And yet that's what and, Christians are called and, to. And there's no exceptions to the rule either. Um, and, you know, because a lot of people will be like, oh, I don't want to pray for this jerk. It's like, you know what, just just do it. And then, like, there are people out there, myself included, that have gone through, like, major traumas where it's just like, people will be like, how could you possibly forgive that? How could you possibly be praying for that person? Um, here's where, I guess this is the shipwreck part. This is my shipwreck. Um, <laughs> you know, I was molested okay. as a child right? Uh, I was about five years old. Oh, it was, yeah. and it wasn't a horrific experience because, you know, when you're that Quite young, you don't know what's going on, right? But like, you know, it's, it's still, it's extremely, it's confusing. extremely confusing. And then like, you know, as I became a teenager and everything, you know, it just messed everything up. And then I'm starting to remember, and I'm like, yeah, that was effed up, F that. Um, to the point where I was yeah. like, I was angry. I was like, this is, and of course now to this day, I'm like, I'm disgusted by it. But yeah. When uh, when I was a catechumen, right? Like uh, I started learning about, you know, well, we have to forgive everyone. You know, seventy times seven. Got to forgive. Got to forgive. Got to pray for them because you know what? We want them to be saved too. And it's like, yeah, I, I do. I want this person to be saved. I want this person to, you know, no matter how late, understand that you know Christ will forgive and 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 he can be saved and he can enjoy the you know, the banquet in heaven. Um, and so when I made my first confession, even like it came up in my confession because like, you know, not, I, I don't want to get scandalous or too graphic, but like, you know, the old man, Adam, like was up to some shady stuff in the bedroom, you know? Uh, and so yeah. that came up and, yeah. you know, so as a result of that, the molestation came up. And of course, father was, you know, it's very, he, he, he's a great priest. That's what can I say about that? But, uh, but it was like, and it, it was, it would, I wouldn't say it was like an immediate thing, but like I made myself start remembering, you know, cause, and not because I didn't want weighing on my soul or whatever, but I just, I knew if I couldn't forgive this guy for this stuff, like how was I going to forgive someone for cutting me off or how is, how is I going to, you know, ask yeah. God to forgive me for being a jerk, you know? Um, so, yeah. you know, but, but, and, and not to say that to this day, like I don't still have to deal with the ramifications of that experience, but I think in, in the yeah. most extreme case, it just, and I, I'm not a great example of a Christian at all. So I don't want anyone getting the wrong idea. Like I'm some saintly dude or whatever. I'm just trying desperately to do this the right way. And it's just like, so when people say it's like, Oh man, I can't forgive my uncle. He's such a jerk. Or, you know, I, you know, I'll never forgive Betsy for, you know, throwing me under the bus at work or whatever. And it's like, but you can, because there's people out there that have forgiven far worse. And if, if you, if you believe Christ yeah. will forgive, if, if, if we truly repent, then, and if we're supposed to emulate Christ, that means we have to truly forgive others. You know, whether they repent or not, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so. Right. So, so practically speaking though, I mean, what, what, how, what did that look like for you? I mean, how did the, 
How does that work? That's such a painful thing. Uh, how, how do you start unpacking that um, and letting go of it? Or whatever the metaphor, I, I, I don't know what the best I, metaphor is. I, I'm not a big fan of letting go of things per se, so much as accepting them and integrating them. Like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those okay. weirdos. It's like, you know, I believe that who I am today is the culmination of everything in my life that led up to this very moment. Like, and so to change any of that, or to let any of that go would be a denial of the human experience, right? It's like, God lets things happen for a reason. Maybe, and I, I far be it for me to like, try to like discern the thoughts of God, but you know what, maybe, maybe this happened just so that like someone would forgive him, you know, like, I don't know. All I know is, you know, like through that experience now, like maybe, maybe me talking about it has helped yeah. someone uh maybe maybe he's repented and he's talked about it and helped someone you know it it's 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 hard to say you know you never know what what's going to touch another person and no pun intended there i know this is very serious stuff but like you know throughout our lives like no matter what we do someone's watching and not just god there's always someone around like so like, if, if you have this negative experience, if, you have, if, if you've dealt with this anger, this, you know, however you deal with that out in the open, that's gonna be your witness. Um, yeah. And no matter how much it sucks that I went through it, like, like I've gotta bring that to the table, you know? Like yeah. not, not for shock value or not for pity, but like, Someone might need to hear that. Someone might need to hear that, like, you know what? That yeah. happened to me and I survived. And thank God that I learned that it's okay. Like, not that it's okay, okay, but it's like you, you can forgive them and you can, you can move well, forward. And, and the fact um, that, you know. And I don't even know how I do that either. And that's a weird thing. It's just like, I just made a conscious decision one day. Like, I, like, I was literally like, I've, I'm, you know what, dude, and I could say the guy's name out loud, but I'm not I'd be like, you know what? God bless you, bro. It's forgiven. You know, mistakes were made. We're human. And just kind of boil it down to that. And yeah, I, I think that's really, that's really the best way to describe it is just like realizing that we're all human. We're all broken. We're all fallen. And if we just keep that in the forefront of our mind, it's a lot easier to forgive someone. Well, and for <laughs> people to hear you haven't gone through such a trauma yeah. like that um, and being able to forgive it might give them the the power to forgive mm. you know it's like forgive to be forgiven and yes forgiveness isn't always easy you know they say forgive and forget and, and sometimes you can forgive but do you forget and can you and then if you don't is that forgiveness i mean i think there's a struggle you know yeah absolutely i mean yeah, i mean sure. just because i remember it doesn't mean i haven't forgiven him like because because like i said it's like i can look back on that as an example of a trial you know um i can look yeah. back on that as an example of of pain or heartache or confusion or, or anything that comes along with it and tap into that and use that for something positive you know so it's it's yeah. it's turning it's turning this this heinous act into you know just something good like 
you know, you know, pardon the expression, but you've heard the, uh, you, you've heard the, uh, I've heard this expression, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. And that, that's what you're doing. You're, you're taking this, you're taking this thing and it's like, this is horrific. It's, it's detestable. It's, you know, but you know what, we're, we're, we're going to use this to do something good. And I don't know how many times I can repeat that, I guess. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm just looking for, I, I, I'm constantly looking for silver linings is what it is. It's like, I'm a very depressed person who's constantly right. looking yeah. for the joy, right. you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes you have to fight for joy and, and, and I think joy, uh, you know, I, I, I've experienced some depression as well. And in, especially in those times when it's dark, um, when, and it's dark for a long time, uh, you have to fight through it. And, and it's really hard to get the, uh, even the strength to fight when you're in the depressed state i mean isn't that oh, what yeah. the whole state oh, yeah. is just staring at the ceiling all day and not doing anything i mean i could tell you like there's been days recently like a few days ago where like i've just been so depressed i need to do laundry i need to eat something i need to take a shower i need to get up off the floor literally and just couldn't and just like laid there yeah like it's 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 real yeah. and it's it's horrific and i don't wish it on anyone yeah yeah well now uh on on the other matter i think and it's it's tied into this though because i think there's two components that people have when they've gone through a traumatic experience uh you, you know that someone else has has mm. directly caused and caused unjustly which yeah. is what we're talking about when we're talking about uh the molestation type stuff so you've You've got mm -hmm. a deep pain um, that, that, so there's a well of emotion somewhere at some point, maybe not always, yeah. but there, it's there. And, and then there's also anger. Um, I, I'm sure there's a dozen other emotions that get sprinkled in from time to time, but it seems to me those are the two that very commonly are experienced. Um, what, what I, I don't know. Like, I feel like even in a state of forgiveness, maybe sometimes there might even still be some there anger is. deep down. I, does forgiveness have levels? Uh, can you have forgiven and still be angry um, in some sense? What are your thoughts? That's great. Like, cause I, there are things that still make me angry about it. Uh, and, and not that I'm angry at him. Like I haven't forgiven him angry, but angry at, the situation and and what I became as a result of it, yeah. you know, um, it's it's not uncommon that people that are molested or abused at an early age tend to have like serious issues with their sexuality, and that's something that you know any anyone that knows me, you know, yeah. personally knows that that's that's a thing, you know, and you know, our society tells, you know, the secular society is telling us one thing, the church is telling us the other. And if we believe the church and that means the church is right, it's like, well, I'm at odds with myself now because of this thing. And gosh, darn it. Like, how dare you like give me this cross? But then I'm like, oh wait, no, it's a cross. <laughs> Gotta carry it. So like, mm -hmm. even when I get angry mm -hmm. about it, it's just like, you know what? No, like this is, this is what, god has allowed for me like for for whatever reason like this is 
this is my cross. This is, this is part of my cross. This is some of the wood and I've got to carry it. And honestly, if, if I didn't, if it wasn't for my faith, I might've collapsed under the weight of this years ago. Uh, and that really goes for any, any, any traumatic experience, any, anything negative that's happened in my life. And most certainly for all the joyous things that have happened in my life, like things that like when people ask me how I'm doing, I'll always tell them better than mm -hmm. I deserve, you know, cause I mean, you know, look, look, look how blessed I am. Like, like I've got a roof over my head. I've got first world technology. I'm not hungry, you know, like yeah. this is, this is, yeah. I, I, you know, 500 years ago, this was, this was kingly living right here. I, I rent a room from a pond dealer. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not really up there, but like, <laughs> but in the grand scheme, like God has really blessed me. Like he's allowed me to do all these things. And so, and so the good with the bad, like this is, this is, you know, we just have to make the best of it. And like trying to discern God's will for us is, you know, good luck with that shot in the dark, but just, follow the teachings of the church say your prayer go to church say your prayers remember god like that that's that's it and so like so when it comes to like those past traumas it's like you might like i'll have those moments where i'll like get angry or set or upset or sad or or even like like i'll, I'll you know like because i used to fantasize about like hunting this guy down and just like you know making him pay sure um, sure Thank God, I don't really have those thoughts anymore. If anything, like I'd like to hunt this guy down and be like, "Hey, man, are you okay?" Like, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, yeah, that makes me sound self-righteous. I know it's it's weird, but like, no, I I, I don't think so. I think I think your message, um, you know, is loud and clear that that this stuff is important. That forgiveness matters. Um, you know, one of the, one of the sayings that that I love is forgive everyone for everything. And that's extraordinarily difficult. And I, I understand, I mean, there's probably people listening to this right now that are, that have someone they could never forgive and, you know, they think they can never forgive, but I think all three of us know from our own experience that not forgiving often is poisoning ourselves. Right. It really is. It, it'll, it'll eat you alive. And so forgiving even the inexcusable right. doesn't mean you're excusing it, but it is something that is good for our soul yeah. well, to you're, let you're go. You're cutting those chains, you know, you're not dragging that a around with you. Anymore. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, yeah. the smallest thing to the biggest thing, I mean, and when you can learn to forgive in these small things, yeah. sometimes it's those steps to the big things. Where you're like, okay, mm -hmm. I've been practicing forgiveness. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can do this. I'm cutting those chains. And because I mean, honestly, it's easier or it takes a lot more energy to hold a grudge than it does to let it go. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I think there's times yeah. I've yeah. made myself almost sick to my stomach from holding a grudge and being mad, you know? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've heard some people try to say, uh, and I'd be curious, well, I think I know where you guys are coming from on this, but let me just throw it out there. I've heard some people say that like, oh, the Christian has to be like, have a disposition to forgive, but uh, you can't forgive 
until someone asks for forgiveness. Uh, what What are your thoughts? Can can we can we withhold forgiveness until someone asks, or is it required of us all the way? What are your thoughts? Absolute horse hockey. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, to for, you know, you know the old saying: "To err is human; to forgive is divine." Right? Yeah. Like, what? Why? Why would you want to wait for someone to ask? It's like. <sighs> who am I to be like, Oh yeah, let them come to me and growl. Like, what is yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, uh, my uncle pissed me off about something. It's like, yeah, I'm angry at him. I'm like, ah, you know what? It's my uncle. God bless you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and just, and just move forward, move along. You know, it's, it, you know, and, and like you were saying about like, you know, it takes so much energy to hold the grudge. It's like, it is, it's, it's nonsense. And then the idea that like, that Christians, like, we have to be forgiving because that's, well, yeah, we should be forgiving Mm -hmm. and we should try our hardest to forgive, but it's not something that magically happens. Like you're you're baptized, chrismated, and all of a sudden you're, you know, the perfect Christian. It's like, we're Christians because we're not perfect, you know? Um, So it's like, we, we have to, just like anything else, just like any other spiritual or physical labor, it's practice, practice, practice. Like you have to practice forgiveness. Like, like when I was learning to forgive, man, like to this day, it's still, it's still a struggle. Like sometimes I'm just like, Ugh, I have to forgive this person. I have to. And so I have to, I have to, I have to pray that God forgives me for not being able to forgive, you know, sure. person X over here until, until I come to that place where it's like, it's sincere. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Forgive me. God forgives. I'm sure a prayer like that helps you know? too, you know? Oh Yeah. Well, I mean, Forgiveness Sunday was like the most mind-blowing thing I experienced the first time I experienced mm-hmm. it. I was like, what? Do you know? I mean, yeah, it, you know, and doing, doing that yearly. Yeah. So so for those that don't know, it's an annual thing in the Orthodox Church where uh, you exchange forgiveness with people um, on a particular Sunday. So it's not like that you shouldn't be asking forgiveness throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, we got to right our wrongs, but, um, they set aside one day a year to make sure we really focus on that. And there, in many churches, there's a beautiful right where people actually, uh, bow down, like prostrate before each other, just a sign of humility mm-hmm. in front of each other. Yeah. And then, uh, they embrace and ask for forgiveness and it's pretty amazing. So, yeah. And I tell you, we do that in my parish, yeah. which, and, and the one year we didn't have, it was during the lockdown, of course, but, oh, yeah. you know, it's, that probably sounds weird right now in COVID days with, uh, yeah, well, we had it this year, thank God. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, it's the, the first few times, the first few years, it was like, okay, this is, this is beautiful because like, but then as the years go on, you get to know people, you have relationships with people at your parish and all of a sudden now they have made you angry or, or sore in some way. And now you really do have to forgive them, like, and ask them to forgive. And that first time that happened to me, that's when it really hit home. That's like, my God, what, what a schmuck I am. Like, cause there's one guy at the parish who just constantly peeves me. Like, and it's, (laughs) it's, 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 it's me. Like, you know, I let it annoy me because I'm an idiot. But so every time Forgiveness Sunday comes around, like he's the one that, you know, when it comes, it comes around, it's like, you, you go ahead and uh, get that out of the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bow the I lowest mean, and hug the hardest. 
and someday, God willing, before I, I die, I'll have the courage to actually go to him like for real and be like, listen, I've thought all these terrible things about you because you annoy me. Well, now you said on the and, podcast, so I guess you got you got to go get it done. Yeah, yeah. Speaking into existence, like those hippies say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it, it really is an incredible thing. And I, I almost think it's, uh, you know, even I even if someone has made it this far that doesn't have uh, a Christian faith. I mean, just the act of forgiveness is something that radically helps you as a person and Mm -hmm. to let go of that burden. um, You know, I, I, there's actually a, I think it's worth telling here. um, There's a great story of St. Moses, the Ethiopian um, where he has uh, so actually, now that I'm thinking about it, St. Moses, the Ethiopian, is your patron saint, right, Clayton? Correct. Why don't you tell the story? You know the story I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a, a bag of sand, and he was walking with that bag of sand. And some people say rocks, but sand's usually sure. generally the thing. But and it's got a hole in it, and the sand is you know, coming out. And so basically there were some elders in the monastery wanted him to come um judge a brother for a certain sin he was caught in and he's walking with that bag of sand and he's like you know you want me to come judge the sins of this brother while my sins are flowing yeah. behind me yeah you yeah know? um yeah this, this so I, I when i the reason i think that is because i think our own sins are a burden but uh one of the one of the biggest sins that can be the biggest burden is failure to forgive Mm -hmm. and it's a divine calling to forgive so when we don't it's like we're 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 holding on to things extra things to carry uh and while saint moses's story and application was a little different uh, my application here is just simply like do you really want to carry all the the burden uh i'd rather let it go and let it be far behind me um now hey on on a lighter note um we we took a little break earlier and uh we got some different beverages we've mm. got a couple of beers in the house now actually <laughs> did you just make a beer out of it? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, what what are you sipping on clayton well i got two things i did grab myself a sparkling water from a, a little polar, polar ice black cherry flavor yeah um, and then I switched to um, a farmhouse ale from a local brewery called Pono Brewing. Um, and so they're kind of a, a Hawaiian ethos sort of brewery because one of the breweries comes from Hawaii, I believe. But um, so it's a South Pacific farmhouse ale with green tea from a local tea shop called Dao of Tea and mango and passion nice. fruit. Nice. Nice little summer sip. Well, when, when uh, you were sipping on that, that, uh, Pilsner was it Pilsner or was it Lager? I guess there's a Lager. Close, yeah, close enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When you were sipping on that, I I was a little jealous, so I ran downstairs and uh, I happened to have a Sierra Nevada hazy little thing IPA in the fridge, and it's a real good IPA. I'm a big IPA fan. Oh, I, yeah, that's yeah. a good beer. It's a very good beer. Their fantastic haze is really good yeah. too. It's a little bit. It's a imperial, but yeah. You know. yeah. I'm not a huge fan of IPAs, but if you can find it, there's a, a brewery called Lost Coast out of California. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. have an IPA called, uh, 
uh, fog cutter. All right. And oh, they use okay. uh, Cascade hops in it. And it's like, cause the reason I don't like IPAs is because of the bitterness or whatever, but it is so citrusy. Mm-hmm. It drinks like a heavy Rattler almost. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I highly yeah, recommend yeah. Yeah. Lost Coast uh, Brewing's uh, Fog Cutter. Yeah, they're they're, they're just really oh, yeah. IPAs yeah. Yeah. too. But uh, I'm yeah. you know I'm a lager guy, but I yeah. I am drinking a very unique tap water right now. Because <laughs> here in Wilmington, North Carolina, there's Gen X in the water, and Gen X is just not mm-hmm. good for you. It's, it's gonna kill you. I'm gonna. It, I'm get. I'm dead. I'm already dead. Is that is that like fluoride? Oh no, it's like the anti-fluoride. Uh, it's a, it's actually oh, okay. a harmful chemical that uh, that was pumped into our water reservoirs through seepage from uh, from um, from a Dow processing. <laughs> oh wow! Awesome. So I'm, I'm I'm living in uh, I'm I'm living in the Simpsons Springfield here with this water, but um, <laughs> but you know well, what. I, 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 at least it's not tobacco. I, I well, do. Hopefully, you can still live stream when they drop the bubble over right? your city and don't let you out. Uh, I'm surprised I don't go in the dark already. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> hey, well, you know, if you if you get a little sips of holy water, I'm pretty sure you know naked. Yeah, it cancels it out, right? Of holy water at the moment. Oh, we better send you some. Oh, no, I, I'll just get some from church next Sunday. Like <laughs> Father Andrew is pretty good about you know with making sure there's there's plenty of holy water around. Well, that's pretty great. I, I actually want to give uh, a shout out to uh, Athletic Brewing Company uh, because they uh, hooked me up recently and I've been really enjoying their beers. But um, there's an organization I'm a part of down here in the insurance industry because that's I work in the insurance industry. And we had a uh, fishing tournament and Athletic dropped like 12 packs for every boat off for our event. It was fantastic. They gave us uh, both the IPAs and their golden and both are fantastic. And athletic brewing company is a non-alcoholic beer. Um, It's got a fraction of the calories. It, it tastes like a beer. Um, It tastes like beer. It's, it's quite good. So I've been trying to drink those a little bit more. Um, You know, I even, I'm sorry, from a vanity standpoint alone, when I drink, um, like my face is puffier and stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know. So I switched to Athletic Brewing Company for a few days, and voila, it changes. <laughs> you know, it's like losing you weight without even like Jamie Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Slim down instantly with non-alcoholic beer. Ride the snake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, since since we're giving commercials here. Uh, <laughs> Why, why don't you break down where people can can find your channels and all that stuff? Sure. On YouTube, uh, it's youtube.com slash C slash Orthodox Review. I'm also on Instagram, Orthodox underscore Review underscore. Um, and that's pretty much all I focus on because I'm too scatterbrained to do things like Twitter and TikTok. But I know I'm getting there. Uh, yeah. We live stream every every uh monday not monday tuesday friday and sunday um with uh, upcoming streams being focused on specific uh specific books we're going to be doing a divine liturgy study um so i'm really looking forward to that uh yeah that's that's where i'm at very nice um clayton you got you got any uh socials you want to throw out there 
Yeah, um, I'm just a nomadic vagabond on Instagram, and that's pretty much it. And of, and of course, Bruce Beards on Instagram as well. And DMS any questions, we will get back. Bang, bang. To you. That's right. And <laughs> and I should also uh, clarify, I do check the uh, Bruce Beards Instagram, but it is primarily run by Nomadic Vagabond. Sometimes uh, people are trying to reach me. Uh, it's much easier to find me on the Royal Ruckus page, which is at Royal Ruckus official. If you hit that, I'm more likely to see that. Um, also, I guess I'll go ahead and plug it here because uh, we're talking about this yeah. stuff. I've got I've got a new side podcast, um, Bad Books of the Bible, talking about the books of the Old Testament that some editions of the Bible have removed. Uh, these are commonly called in the English speaking world, the Apocrypha. Um, some people also have fancy terms like deuterocanonical, whatever. Pseudopagrypha. There's all kinds of terms, although our podcast technically is not about the pseudepigrapha but but forgive me brother we, we we will be talking about those a little bit but that's just on the edges of it but basically we're talking about books like if you ever heard of the maccabees that's mm, where hanukkah yeah. comes from uh yeah. there's also tobit which is a real fun story we're I actually talking about I love that book yeah. yeah, been enjoying it. So th- these are real cool books. Um, you know, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, and whether you're a Christian who reads these books or don't read these books, we're trying to make the podcast accessible for as many people as possible, um, so that that uh, you can get into these cool stories. Um, so I might as well share that. So badbooksofthebible.com, and we're on all the podcast platforms, as far as I can tell. Uh, I don't know. We might if you can't find us on one message me and i'll try to figure out how to get us on there but we're uh it's a podcast of ancient faith radio but i should also say um sorry it's such a commercial but goodness bruisebeards.com is where you can find uh all of this stuff and occasionally we're dropping the videos of these conversations on the royal ruckus youtube page youtube.com slash c slash royal ruckus um no i don't know we might as well try something here um i didn't forewarn you about this but we'd like to ask you what would your favorite rap song be rap song of all time my favorite rap song of all time uh i'm dating myself on this one please do i'll bring the wine and cheese it's from the bomb by cypress hill <laughs> it's it's the most lo-fi oh. shoegazy rap song ever yeah and i just yeah i love it's just so chill i love it <laughs> that beat is just right? bonkers i love it hey so full disclosure it's like you know my, I, my son he, he he knows um jump around like word for word right? yeah so i was like okay well dj mugs produced that he's from cypress hill so of course my son started looking mm-hmm. up cypress hill we're rolling on our way to church and my son is sitting there singing um he's singing like insane the brain right but then also um god it wasn't hits from the bong i feel like i'm kicking hits from the bong for forgetting but um uh roll it up light it up smoking like, oh. yeah i'm like so I'm like, man, why roll it at church and my son's seen Cypress Hill? I'm like, we just lost the whole it. audience on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> only human, bro. <laughs> We're yeah, only human. I was like, what are you going to do? 
I was like, I'm trying to give him good taste, but hey, you know, he, he he's a dedicated altar boy, so God bless him. Oh, well, uh, yeah, maybe 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 we can play the uh, instrumental to that. Um, at least a radio edit. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but no, that 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 beat is just incredible. That uh, that record was just one of the most remarkable records. Oh, yeah in all of yeah. hip hop history uh Cypress Hill's Black Sunday mm-hmm. yep, 93 um, right just just incredible and you know it's funny true to form um you know be real has a couple of pot shops out in California um you know like his whole thing like Cypress Hill's whole rap thing was about kind of like a little bit of hard living some mm-hmm. banging um and lots of weed and the funny thing is, as the years went on, I felt like they got a little less violent and a lot more pot-centered. <laughs> and, and, well, that would be the... Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think so. And, and you know, now he owns a business um, that well, you know, is totally legal. Hey, ha, ha. you know oh, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, I, I listened to this uh, a podcast. He was on a Talib Kweli's podcast, but he was basically talking about there was a lot of things because they were so pro marijuana, a lot of um, opportunities that they actually had, they didn't get basically because of the stigma that they had, but they stuck to their mm-hmm. guns, Yeah, you know? And I'm like, I mean, you know, I respect that. I understand sticking to your guns and your beliefs Yeah, and saying, no, you know, I get it. And yeah. here's the punk rock connection for Cypress Hill. Okay. Tim Armstrong of Rancid co-produced several yeah. tracks from one of their records a few years back. And then in turn, Be Real, was on a Transplants record, uh, which is... Oh, Transplants is dope. Uh, yeah. The song is yeah. California, and it's a yeah. fantastic track, so... Yeah, Rocka from wow. Bad Lady was on that, too. <laughs> that's right, wow. that's true, yeah. That's that's dope. Well, I appreciate you being on. Oh, thank you so uh, much for having me. Yeah, we appreciate the listeners for tuning in. Uh, everybody's been listening to Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. Uh, I'm your host, Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, also known as Jamie Bennett, as my mother calls me. And I'm here with Mag Vagabond. Not, my mother does not call me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by Raphael May Adam from Orthodox Review. And back in my street days was referred to as a OM, believe it or not. Wow. Nice. There you go. Hey love bo, not you shipwreck. Hey love bo, not you shipwreck. Hey love bo, I'm walking in the club like, um, excuse me, not you shipwreck. Hey love bo, not you shipwreck. Hey love bo, not you shipwreck. Hey love bo, I'm walking in the club like, not you shipwreck. Yeah, so what were you saying about your beard? Okay, so um, I shaved. I, I occasionally will get frustrated and shave it off because I, yeah. I suffer from really bad psoriasis on my face. Okay. And so I grow the beard to cover up the psoriasis, but then sometimes I'll have an inflammation that's so bad and so scabby that I just, I'm like, just shave it off and like open wounds oh, on my face. Man. It's, it's, and then I'll like, I'll keep it shaved for a while just to, you know, see if maybe this psoriasis will go away and it doesn't. And then I'm like, all right, growing it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm sorry that I made you record that. I, I thought it was about to be funny. I won't make you put that in. No, uh, okay. I, I will say this. I started growing it back when I first contacted you about wanting to be on your show and be like, Hey, oh, really? if, if I grew my beard back, could I be on the show? Like kind of as a joke. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I started growing it back. I, I think I actually said yes, that, yes. And I think I insisted that you grow your beard back. <laughs> and I'm, um, I'm happy to do it. Cause I, I know, I know I look better with a beard. I mean, come on. Hey, look at so this. do I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like I look terrible without a beard, but I don't like looking in the mirror, you know, it's right? uncomfortable. Who is yeah, that guy? I mean, when I, I, I just shaved like my, like the sides of my face and I was kind of like, I looked younger, yeah. you know, but there's still this gray yep. here. And I was kind of like, yeah, man, I'm this, you know, I just, I just feels right. You know, I mean, even just having shaved my head after eight there years, you know. it still feels weird. I, I tell you, you know, it's really nice finally embracing uh, mustache trimming. Because usually when I grow my beard oh, out, oh, I just yeah. let it all grow, and like I'd constantly be chewing on yeah. my. Hey, stash looks nice. Yeah, I I, I go yeah. in there every couple of days, man. I edge it up real nice. I got this nice straight line. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my my big uh, fear lately has the new thing has been uh, because I okay so I like to grow a beard. I've done it twice. Mm -hmm. Where you shave down to nothing and then you grow a one year beard. Yes. That's a year. Oh yeah. And um. Anyway, uh, somebody at church recently warned me. This guy Tim Sharp, he's uh, come comes up to me at coffee hour, and he goes, um, "You know, don't shave." Be well, oh, sorry, I'm terrible at telling stories. Apparently, um, he shaved right, his man. mustache. Like, for, right, exactly. So he shaves his mustache for the first time in like 30 years. So we're naturally talking about shaving, and then he, you know, asked me how old I am, and he goes, "Oh, well, don't ever shave." Because if you shave, it may just grow back all gray or maybe even partially gray, you know? Well, so I've been like thinking about that and even Googling it. And actually there is some truth to it. And it's, uh, there, there's a pigmentation, you know, that's, that's in your hair and uh, you want to maintain it. So I don't know. I, now I'm afraid to shave it though. And I had a bad dream the other night that I went to like sports clips or something and, and they cut it all off. And overnight I grew a beard and it was all gray. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, you woke up and all of a sudden you just see my face. You're like, <laughs> There's something to be said for having a gray, gray in your beard. Man. Sure. I, I think hey. it's distinguished. I like, well, the other, I will embrace it. It's called having a teenage. Yeah, that'll do oh, it. oh yeah. I'm so sure. There's that. Yeah. Well, my, my, my deal is not that I, don't want to ever have it. I will embrace it, but I'm not on a race to get there. And if uh, trim, trimming my beard off is going to make it grow back great, uh, I don't need to trim it. I'll just keep yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Start really looking like Athenas. Yeah. <laughs> but but I do, I do have gray now though. It's it's here. It's definitely here. And it's one of the tricky things has been my beard is red, and but I have a little bit of blonde. Mm. And it's hard to tell the difference between a blonde and a gray hair. Yes. Um, well, the wiry ones are the gray ones. Well, is, is that I, how it goes? <laughs> I got. I got to tell you. Usually, I uh, like Jamie here. I'm a calico. Uh, so, <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I don't I gotta, get. I don't I tell Polina that. I don't get gray whiskers. No, no, no. I get white whiskers. Wow. And the first time I saw a white one, I was like. 
this better grow in a really good pattern. I'm going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I was just like, I got excited about it. I was like, you know what? I'm in my forties. It's okay to have gray hairs now. So I don't know. I, for That's one, great. look forward to my distinguished gray beard. Yeah, <laughs> boy!